Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Abstract. I'm Dan, and I'm here with Derek. Hi, everyone. And we are really excited to take you through another pretty amazing paper today. The paper is called Actin Cables and Comet Tails Organize Mitochondrial Networks in Mitosis. So, Derek, can you tell us a little bit about this paper? Yeah, so this paper was published super recently. It was published in Nature in March 2021. It was led by the Holtzbauer Lab at the University of Pennsylvania, AO. Ever heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> and it was done in collaboration with the Lippincott Schwartz Lab at the Howard Hughes Medical Institute at Janelia Research Campus. And the first and second authors are Andrew Moore and Stephen Koshow. Stephen is one of the grad students in my PhD program, and Andy is like Twitter famous for having really, really beautiful um, microscopy videos, just basically videos of like cells dancing around that look really, really cool. But let's talk about mitochondria. In school, you learn not how to do your taxes, not how to balance a checkbook or manage a budget or any other useful life skill, but you do learn that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. And it's probably most well known for producing energy in the form of ATP for the cell. So mitochondria actually emerged around one and a half billion years ago through an event known as endosymbiosis. So what does this fancy word mean? It essentially means that a cell ingested some bacteria that became mitochondria because it was advantageous. Um, the bacteria helped the cell produce more energy, and the cell helped keep the bacteria alive. So together, they lived happily ever after, and that's how we have mitochondria today. And one really cool thing about mitochondria is it's actually maternally inherited. You get all of your mitochondria from your mom and none from your dad. So don't forget to thank your mom on Mother's Day for all the mitochondria. But this has important implications in mitochondrial disease. So there are a lot of different mitochondrial diseases, such as Lay syndrome and NARP syndrome, just to name a few. And all of these are maternally inherited, meaning if your mom has it, then you're going to get it. If your dad has it, then you won't get it because, again, you don't get mitochondria from your dad. And mitochondria, you know, just living their everyday lives can also get damaged. So one important thing is that when there's damage to mitochondria and a cell divides, that those damaged mitochondria get equally distributed between the two cells. Otherwise, one cell gets too much and has too much damaged mitochondria. And this is what we call heteroplasmy. I think this is super interesting because when we normally think about our genes and our DNA, we think about inheriting them both from mom and from dad. And while that's true for most of our genes, there's this really interesting exception of our mitochondrial DNA, which lives in our cell, outside of the nucleus, inside our mitochondria. And again, they, they're uh, coming just from mom. So it's this really interesting asterisk to the general rule of how our DNA works. Yeah, mitochondria even have their own genome, right? Yeah, so the mitochondria have their own genome. It's circular as opposed to straight in the nucleus, which is interesting in itself. And there are something like 15 
genes that are encoded in that mitochondrial genome. So the mitochondrial genome is super important for the cell to function correctly as well. Something else we should talk about before diving into the paper is the cytoskeleton. Now, this is a topic we've touched upon on Beyond the Abstract before, and we're going to specifically be talking about actin. This is the tiniest component of the cytoskeleton and is really important in giving the cell structure and helping the cell move um, and helping cells divide. So during cell division, our cells obviously divide, and this occurs in all different organs, in the intestines, in the blood, in the skin, and particularly as we grow. So the goal of cell division is to essentially produce two identical daughter cells. And we know that the cytoskeleton is already required for various parts of cell division. For example, microtubules are responsible for equal division of chromosomes, which are our DNA. But what the authors in this paper were interested in was whether there was a role for the actin cytoskeleton in ensuring that our mitochondria are also equally distributed among our daughter cells during cell division. This is a really interesting question because I think when we learn about cell division, also called mitosis in school, what the textbooks focus on is how the cell properly divides the chromosomes, our DNA. And of course, this is critical because we need to have an identical copy of the DNA in both the daughter cells. But it just sort of hand waves and says everything else in the cell just magically gets in the correct proportion to the two daughter cells. And it wouldn't be surprising if Mother Nature had evolved something more clever than that to ensure that all the other pieces apart from the DNA arrived in the daughter cells in roughly the right proportion and in the right way. So that's the motivation in part for this paper. So what the authors did was they first looked where the mitochondria were, and they found that most of the mitochondria were kind of around the outside of the cell below the cell surface. So that's where they decided to look. And what they found was essentially a network of actin that was actin as a (laughs) scaffold for the mitochondria and anchoring it in place. So you can imagine that this actin are basically train tracks for the mitochondria to, to sit on. And I call them train tracks because during cell division, what's really cool is that this actin begins to move in essentially a wave, a unidirectional wave around the cell. And the purpose of this wave is to distribute the mitochondria. Something really, really cool about this actin wave is that as cell division begins to take place, it gets faster and faster and faster and travels around the cell quicker. This ensures better distribution of the mitochondria between the daughter cells. And they wanted to see just how important this actin scaffold was. They essentially used drugs to disrupt the actin scaffold. And when they did this, what they saw was that the mitochondria ended up being unequally distributed among the cells and end up mostly in one of the two daughter cells. This approach is really powerful and is commonly used when you have a hypothesis that there's some 
mechanism that's driving the effect that you see. So for instance, here, the, um, the action of the actin distributing the mitochondria, what you can do to test this is to give the cells a drug or a um, cocktail, essentially, that inhibits the actin from working correctly. And then if it is, in fact, the actin that's doing what you think it is, then you won't see the mitochondria being distributed. So this is a really powerful experimental approach to show that, oh, it is actually the actin that's causing the effect. So they looked really, really carefully. And something the authors noted was that while the actin wave travels in one direction, they found a few of the mitochondria to actually travel in the opposite direction. And when they looked closely at these mitochondria that moved in the opposite direction, what they noted was that they had these twisting actin tails that they called comet tails that propelled the mitochondria. And if you can imagine basically a spiral corkscrew, that's what these comet tails looked like. And they functioned to further disperse the mitochondria for mixing among the two daughter cells. This isn't the first time we've seen something like an actin comet tail in nature. Um, there are bacteria, specifically Listeria, Rickettsia, and Shigella, that use actin comets to propel from one cell to another. I think one of the coolest things to note is that the comet tails between these different bacteria all differ by a little bit, but the one most similar to the comet tails seen in mitochondria are found in Rickettsia, which interestingly are the bacteria that are most evolutionarily similar to mitochondria. So a lot of people think that some ancestor of Rickettsia is what that cell engulfed through endosymbiosis 1.5 billion years ago. Wow, so that's so interesting that both our mitochondria and bacteria have basically figured out how to hijack a part of the cell, this actin, and basically make a jet ski to scoot around the cell to move from one part to the other. It's just amazing that there's this uh, common tool that they all have to move in a way that they couldn't otherwise. So. That actin comet idea is really interesting and amazing that they observed this through mic microscopy. And I'm curious what they thought the purpose of this um, actin comet was during the division of um, cells and the even distribution of mitochondria. We talked a little bit before about this concept of heteroplasmy when one cell acquires too much damaged mitochondria. So the purpose of this actin wave and these actin comets is to distribute any mitochondria that are damaged equally. This way, no one cell gets too much of the burden. In order to test this, they designed a really, really clever experiment where they were able to simultaneously damage a subset of the mitochondria and turn them green. They then tracked these mitochondria during cell division and found that in normal cells, the wave was able to distribute them almost 50-50 among the two daughter cells. 
However, when they again disrupted the actin wave, what they saw was that all of the damaged mitochondria went to one daughter cell, and that one daughter cell had to take all of the burden of these damaged mitochondria. So this is, I think, clear indication that moms don't play favorites because they try to distribute these damaged mitochondria as best they can. <laughs> From cells to humans, the same principle applies. Basically. <laughs> Not sure it's the same for for my mom, though. I was going to say, you versus your dog, I think it might be a little bit uneven there. Oh, oh, that's right. My dog definitely gets all the love in the family. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, these these, um, waves and the comet tails are amazing. And just if we had to theorize for a minute, I'm curious how you think this could have evolved. Like, why over the years did our cells... Um, evolve to have these amazing mechanisms? Well, what's really cool is that there is a lot of machinery that goes into moving these mitochondria around. A lot of them are native to the mitochondria and a lot of them are native to the cell. And my guess is a long time ago, before all this, you know, really cool actin wave um, machinery took place, there were cells that were just getting too much burdened mitochondria, and then it was too much damage, the organism couldn't survive. So over time, the cell just developed a way to distribute these mitochondria, um, basically for its own survival. Yeah, it's amazing. It's basically nature's way of shuffling the deck of cards and distributing them randomly to the two daughter cells to make sure that there's not too much disease mitochondria getting into one cell versus the other that they shared them equally. It's crazy to think that this is like literally going on in our bodies right now, just like a wave of actin going around the cell distributing mitochondria. I sometimes feel bad how hard my body's working to support me doing just the inane tasks that I do every day, you know, just (laughs) like watching YouTube videos and you know, it's just pumping out protein like no other. I think our bodies make something like a million red blood cells a second. And that's like a lot of work. And I'm very appreciative because it helps me breathe. But like, it just makes me feel like I should be constantly doing good things and being productive because it's a real, it's a, it's a real uh, heavy load to keep all of us alive beneath the surface. How is it possible that a body that does so much is also so lazy? I'm talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people will wonder, what's the point of this understanding this actin wave? And what's the point of studying it? Well, I think, again, understanding basic biology like this will give us insight into why are some mitochondrial diseases, even within a family, worse than others? One of the potential explanations could be that there are differences in how these cells are shuffling mitochondria. So this is kind of an important step to furthering, further understanding some of these mitochondrial and mitochondrial-related diseases. Thanks, Derek. You know, we thought the last we'd hear about the powerhouse of the cell was in high school biology, but it's coming back in a big way. I think, I think this paper is really interesting and um, gives me a greater appreciation for the comet tales and the actin waves shuffling my 
mitochondria today? Yeah, I guess you could say that the mitochondria are making waves. Mm, you could say that. We'd all cringe, but <laughs> you definitely could say it. <laughs> 